Hello, and thank you for joining us for That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. People like me, Michelle Kane, my company is Voice Matters, and I'm here as ever. I better be here with my wonderful podcast partner in crime, Karen Swim of Solo PR Pro. Hi, Karen. How are you today? Hello. I am doing great, Michelle. Thank you. How are you? I'm well. Yeah, you know, can't complain. It's uh, while spring is trying to happen, we take two steps forward and one step back up here in the Northeast. But, I got to tell you, I was outside with the dog and a snowflake hit me in the head and no. I thought it was so rude. And yes, my name is Karen and I really wanted to ask for the manager. Like, is it, I don't understand what's happening right now. Is it not almost May? Should snowflake <sighs> be hitting me in the head? Do I really need two layers of clothes? Right, right. Although I, you know, ever the troubleshooter, I always think, well, at least it's not one of those years where, well, we went straight to summer. We went from winter to summer. So I'm like, all right, fine. Is this what spring is now? All right, fine, fine. But, you know, speaking of wanting to speak to the manager, <laughs> our topic today <laughs> is something that's it's popped up within our solo PR pro member group. And, you know, it just comes up from time to time, probably more often than we like to give credence to managing difficult conversations. And, you know, as PR pros, we manage a lot of things. And sometimes it's, you know, conversations with our clients, our vendors. And so today we're just going to chat a bit about, you know, staying professional and but holding firm and, and holding your ground and, and staying within your boundaries as a professional. You know, it, it's interesting because this conversation started to pop up a lot around me yeah. and it popped up and then. I personally, for the past two weeks, have had to deal with that on a project that we're working on and just realized all over again, what a great skill set it is to be able to yeah. um, stay calm in those situations when you have not only difficult conversations, but when the person is difficult. Because sometimes mm-hmm. the difficult conversation is with someone that's not difficult. It, it's not an automatic you know, that it's a difficult person. It's just a conversation to have. And so I think that those two things almost can be differentiated as we talk about the topic today, but the strategies really can apply. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's something we've worked on in the past at at our solo PR pro summits, you know, doing some role playing, but it's, you know, it, it really is, is key to, you know, keeping your head screwed on straight and, and, and making sure that your business is is heading in the right direction because a lot of times these these difficult conversations they can become distractions or you know I don't know about you but sometimes you know you just dread them so you might put them off and you think uh and i have to say most times when you when you start the conversation and you get it rolling it's usually okay and you think oh why was i why was i doing that yeah. to myself all that you know time? I have to tell you that, you know, doing crisis work is something that can help you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I believe that inherently communicators do have the ability to put aside the emotion and navigate through, but it helps to reinforce that. You don't ever want to personalize those difficult conversations or encounters with difficult people. None of this is a reflection on you as a human being. So 
I think it's really important to stay focused on hearing because in the heat of the moment, you can get, you know, angry, you can feel attacked. I mean, our instinct is to want to protect ourselves, especially if someone is saying something that is sort of an attack on our character, on our work. So that instinct is to immediately want to defend, Mm -hmm. but you have to, you know, take a step back, take a deep breath and figure out how you can really hear what's being said here behind the words between the spaces, what the issue is, and then address the issue, not the person, but the issue. Right. And, and, and I promise you, I, uh, there was, there have been some tense moments in my own client work recently. Mm-hmm. And my colleague and I really felt like we were standing in front of a firing squad and it was unjustified. And the way I handled it is just to keep a smile on my face, to listen, and then to address the things that weren't being said, because it really had nothing to do with us, nothing at all. And that's really, I I think, you know, that's my tip. And I, you know, I've sort of reinforced that having a dog too, and sometimes having those situations where we're met with, you know, she's around a lot of dogs, she's very social. When you're met with an aggressive dog, It has nothing to do with me and my dog and you have to stay calm or you'll escalate the situation. So, and and you don't want to do that as a solo. Yeah, no, that's, that's very true. And, and like you said, the important part of that too is, is, you know, listening for what is not being said and, you know, thinking bigger picture. Okay. You know, this is not personal. It's business, first of all, you know, and, and with solos, especially it's difficult because we are the business. So, you know, we, we just have to make sure we keep that in our head, that differentiator. And a lot of times there may be things going on behind the scenes with a client or a vendor that you don't even know about that could be informing a reaction. They may, you know, be think, you know, somehow lumping you into it and you think, well, I, that's not really even on my playing field, but okay. Or it just could be feeding, you know, their dissatisfaction or, or whatever it is, or, you know, and it may not even be a, a, an issue where they're disgruntled. It may be an issue where they're, you know, trying to get a little scope scope creep in there or, you know, whatever it is. Just, you know, just try and think of it from the point of view of, okay, what else might be going on here? What I'm sure there are some things I'm not aware of that's that is informing this this stance or type of reaction and and just keep all of that in mind because you know, look, we all have busy days. We all have a lot going on and, you know, you don't know who's, you know, who's breathing down their neck. You don't know what's motivating them in in good or bad ways. Yeah. You know, let's, let's help everyone out by kind of walking through a couple of examples. So I think one that comes up quite a bit are clients that believe that they're not getting the results they're paying for. Mm, Fun. (laughs) Now, we talked about this previously in managing expectations, but this is one that happens. So a client says to you, Michelle, I'm, you know, we're not seeing the results. Where are the results? Okay. What results did we talk about? Yeah. Yeah. What, what did we, yeah. What did we discuss? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So that's great. A great time to point back to, well, this is what we discussed. This is what this, whatever this activity was, you know, the intention of it, the purpose of it. And usually when we discuss that, we tell you what the results ought to be. And, you know, we're all conscientious professionals. So, you know, hey, I, 
I always love to own things first of, oof, you know what, that didn't really do what we wanted it to do. However, here's what it did. So, you know, reframing the conversation, and I don't mean in a, I'm going to say in a positive way, but not in a way that's dishonest or phony, because A, that's just unethical, yeah. and, and B, that's not going to get you anywhere. I think it's really important to also understand that sometimes when clients are complaining about results and ROI, it's not always about the results. So realize a couple of things could be happening. Yeah. One, there could be pressure from others in the organization. There could be budget pressures from above their head. Yeah. Look at what we're spending on PR, which means the whole company is being judged on their budgets and they're in danger of cutting. That's very stressful for people mm-hmm. in an organization. Or somebody else is looking and saying, well, what are we really getting? And the person that is transferring that stress to you is not quite sure how to really answer that, or they've tried to answer it and they've been unsuccessful. Right. And as Chip says, it can also happen because of what we have talked about recently is that they, the expectations may have been set. You may have thought that you did the right things, but that's an ongoing conversation and you really do have to Mm. agree on how you will measure success. And then you have to follow through and measure it, report on it and continue to reinforce what you can do. So keeping those things in mind, what do you do when it's a budgetary pressure? I mean, and to get to the root of that, you can, you know, first of all, acknowledge, like, I hear you and I understand why you're upset. Let's talk about that. Right. So we had our plan for this quarter and we agreed that we were going to do X, Y, Z. Here, you know, let me just reshare the information around the reporting that we agreed on and what we have achieved. So was there something different that you were expecting that we didn't talk about? What is it that you'd like to see? You know, I always like to ask clients, even in prospective, you know, conversations, what would success look like to you? And I have them tell me because then that gives me a clue into what they're really expecting. And I can then address very specifically, here's how we can help you or not. You know, sometimes it's like, I can't help you. So, I mean, does that, is that helpful? What, Michelle, what would you? I think so. I think so. Well, I was just thinking too, you know, we've all seen those situations. Sometimes we've been, you know, the object of a situation where you're handling a piece of work, you're handling some, you know, in the company, maybe your superior, maybe a colleague comes alongside and has all kinds of things to say. Well, I get these results. Why didn't we do that? And you have to really hold firm and say, well, that's not what we were working toward. You know, that what you're saying is valid, but that's not what I have been working toward with our, you know, marketing team. So I'll keep that in mind. Is that something, you know, you would like us to achieve in the future? You know, sometimes it's just somebody waving their opinion and sadly they, you know, hold the red pen for the budgets too. So I think certainly as, as a vendor being brought on, you don't necessarily have the power to get in front of that person too. But that also speaks to one of our tips of making sure you follow up everything in writing. Because first of all, you're not going to remember everything as much as we might think we will. But then you also have something to point back to. 
And uh, you don't have to use the phrase per my last email. Code for lots of things, but you know, just, just make sure that you record, you know, Hey, you know, thanks for the meeting today. As we agreed, you know, as we discussed these, this is, Yes, this here's the plan. Right, uh, recap. Forward. Right. Yeah, right. Bring it back to a happy note. I love this example from Chip. He had a client at one oh. point in time that was getting good results, but the data wasn't driving the number that determined their contacts and annual bonus. So, this is a really important point. I make it a point to always in every encounter with my client contacts to ask how things are going for them professionally, mm-hmm. what's going on internally, how can we support you? And I'll even use words like, aside from, you know, what we're doing in the PR project, mm-hmm. how can I support you? You know, what do you need? Yeah. What, you know, how are you feeling these days? I know that there is X going on, or I know this is happening. How can I support you? My contacts really do appreciate that. Sometimes we take those discussions offline. It might be a private phone call or a text message, but I think it's important to remind clients that you do care about their professional needs. Now, I honestly do care about them as human beings. However, in my old sales days and my role as a salesperson, I learned that in the process of selling, how important it is to understand what drives the people that you're trying to connect with for business. You have to understand their motivators. And so that means asking questions to understand not only what's important to the organization, what's important to them personally and professionally, what are the goals that they're, because you're, you're always going to be managing those things. And so you have to understand what they are. You know, can we be honest about that in business? It's not going to just be that you're checking this box and you're doing all the things that the organization wants, like, hey, we got earned media. Yay, we're managing the social media and growing our engagement. There's always going to be something that you have to manage that's not quite stated. It's not going to be in a document. It's not Mm going to get hit in the proposal. It's the human being that you're dealing with. What do they want? What's important to them? How do you make them look good internally? How do you help them to achieve the career goals they have? You know, and if they're in corporate, it's likely that they want to get a good review, that they want to move up in their career, that they want to be seen as valued. And so it's up to you to ask questions and to continue to ask those questions and keep that dialogue open to determine that, because then that can lead you away from having some of the difficult conversations that can come up as a result of not understanding those behind the scene factors. That That is so important. It, it's so important to let your client know, especially your contact, if it's a bigger client, that you are their champion. You are there to serve them. You are there to support them in the ways that they need, in the ways that matter. And And also, I think asking those questions and just getting to know them on a certain level it helps you know how they think. It helps you figure out what their thought processes are. So, you know, there's a little of that that psychology playing in there as, you know, marketers, as therapists, you know, so you think, okay, you know, what they said there pings a little, maybe a little insecure around that authority figure or, oh, okay, so they're more analytical. So when I report to them, maybe, 
you know, doing some kind of a table would be better than a paragraph. It's all these little things that can work together to help you lay the groundwork, maybe not to avoid an awkward conversation in the future, but maybe to lessen the blow or, to, or you know, or so that they only come up every so often rather than being the norm, because you don't want that to be the norm. Then that might turn adversarial and just uncomfortable and, you know, just turn the relationship in, in a bad direction. I agree. Then, I mean, so we've talked about a little bit about clients that sort of initiate difficult conversations. Someone mm-hmm. turn the tables. What yeah. about when you're the one who has to initiate the difficult conversation? Because that will happen in yeah. your business career. What if you yeah. need to fire a client? Or what if a client is really the scope creep? You, you continue to try and control it and it just keeps happening and it's really become a problem. Those are tough conversations to have. They are. I mean, mercifully, thankfully, having, you know, an incredibly awkward or super heavy conversation, am I going to jinx myself, has yet to happen. <laughs> but, you know, I, I like to keep the tone professional yet light but thorough the whole way through. But I have had some scope creep situations. And thankfully, it's, you know, in one case, it was just resolved with a simple email to someone who didn't really know what I was brought on to do in entirety. I was only brought on to work on a specific event and not every little thing they do, which I was, you know, glad to overserve slightly to maintain a good relationship. And also because I believed in what they were doing. But when it began to be a little too obtrusive, I said, you know, I was really only brought on for X. Um, but I'm happy to discuss, you know, expanding that. And they they took it well. I, I think if you just don't lay too much into it initially, I mean, if you have to dig deep, be willing to go there. But, you know, just sometimes just stating a fact is fact with no emotion. Yeah, is- I love that. And I think you you hit on something that we talk a lot about here. It's It's being direct. Being honest, you know, yes, being tactful and professional, but being honest and scope creep is a big one because we all have to manage that. Mm-hmm. And it's important to, you know, make sure that, And but it it's not always necessarily scope creep. We can have those clients that are sucking up our time with communication. So there could be yes. too many email, too many Slack messages and, and be, or too many meetings. And before you know it, you, you're sucked in and you've spent all these hours on all of this extra stuff and you're not getting the work done. And so yeah. those can be difficult conversations to have, especially when it's a client that you like and you enjoy the work, but they're just sucking you dry. So yeah. I think, you know, you have a conversation where you say, listen, I love that you include us in all of these things. However, it's really important for us to make sure that we're, we have time to get the results that you're expecting. So can we figure out a different way that we can communicate and streamline some of the emails, Slack messages, whatever it is. And so make a plan together and hold them to it, you know, um, and just say, I understand that this is maybe how you process information. Could we do X instead? That way we're aligned. One way that I've used to corral, you know, communications is to set up an activity tracker. There's so many ways to do that so that you just pop little things in there and then you, you know, keep it updated and then 
share it with the client so the client can always see. And that eliminates a lot of like, where's this? What's that? What's yeah. happening with this? Just pop it in there. True. And then everyone can keep track on a document. You don't have to meet. No, that's and, a great idea. Yeah, there's lots of little tips and tricks. Yeah. Um, there is a tool called TeamUp. It's a shared calendar if you want to use that. And you can just pop stuff on the calendar and share it with the client. Client can pop stuff on there. And then you guys have a single document that you can share together. It's free for small teams. And there you can do eight sub calendars. So you can do a calendar for each of your clients. If you have more than eight, I think the price is like the next price level up is $8 a month. So it's not terribly expensive. But yeah, I think, you know, don't fear those conversations. Cause sometimes I think we make them harder in our own mind. I know asking for money can be difficult for other people too. asking for increases or even talking about money makes some people just nauseous. Yes. No. <laughs> and yet, you know, and, and that's another situation where we need to think of ourselves as a business, you know, other costs go up from time to time. So, so should ours. But to backtrack a little bit when, you know, just what you were saying, it's so important to offer alternatives. You know, don't just say, no, not doing that. Just say, hey, how would this work? And I always like to come at, you know, the scope creep situation from a point of, look, I want to be most efficient with your time and your budget. So how about we do this this way? Or, you know, do you still want this accomplished? Because if you do, I need to pull back in this area. You know, I have had times where, you know, especially when you're working with several point people and with a client, you know, they all might, oh, can you get me this? Can you get me that? And they're all legit requests. Yeah. But then sometimes when you get to the end of the month and you, month and you think, whoa, uh-oh, um, which, you know, we should be keeping an eye on. That's part of our job, too. But sometimes they're, they're all equally important. So that's yeah. another time to have the conversation of, well, okay, so in the future, you know, I need to know what really needs to be done. What can you perhaps handle internally? And, you know, let's, let's just keep this relationship happy. And that is a difficult, you know, conversation when you're, you're being yeah. given things that are actually in your scope of work, but they're yeah. happening at once. And then I think yeah. that it's important for us. And, and I love how, Chip says this so succinctly, be firm and brief, make it clear what needs to be changed and stick to your guns. And so yeah. that process this so this doesn't happen, you know, keep asking throughout the month, you know, is there anything coming up that we should know about so that you're not caught off guard and just make sure that your clients understand that as much as you love them, they're not your only client. So it's really important for you to be able to plan ahead to give them the attention that they deserve. Don't let them just keep throwing stuff at you last minute because that's not an effective way to work. And you can just have that conversation like, hey, we want to be able to handle these things for you and deliver with excellence. But to do that, we, you know, we could use a little heads up. So can we talk about the next month? You know, what are the things, you know, I always like to see a product roadmap. I like to know what events are going on. One of my clients created a shared events calendar because they have all these people doing all these things and it's hard to keep track of. But with Mm -hmm. a calendar, it's something that our team can just go in and look at and we know and we can plan around those things. So, you know, figure out ways together that you can help them to be efficient and to help you to be able to deliver your best work. Yeah. And, And all of this speaks to you being a valuable part of their team, you know, working with them towards success. So, yeah. 
you know. Ooh, this is an interesting one. So it's just in. The <laughs> owner had a conversation with a vendor three times, three times before the vendor realized they were being fired. The first two times they thought their scope would be expanding. That's such a great example of not listening, I think, because you can you can even hear in tone, there are clues if a client is going to take work away from you, whether they're planning to bring it in-house, which sometimes happens, yeah. whether they're planning to you know, switch it up. Sometimes you come to a point in a client relationship where a client feels like they need something different. It is not yeah. a reflection on your work. It is that, you know, the grass looks greener. Somebody was in their ear. There could be a change in in internal management and they have somebody that they want to bring in. Or, you know, in some instances, it could be that they don't feel like you delivered what they need. And you need to be looking for those clues and hearing for those things all the time. Because part of our jobs is not just delivering the work, but managing that client relationship and making sure that you're doing health checks on a routine basis with your clients to ensure that they're happy. No, that is incredibly true. Actually, that that whole story brought to mind the commercial of the guy who was munching on a cereal that was so loud he didn't hear his boss firing him. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's hilarious. They must have been snacking while they were reading that email. I'm like, no, you can't possibly be firing me. Oh, that that's that's brutal. Well, we don't want you to have brutal days and we don't want you to have brutal conversations. So we hope that this time of just talking through the things that oh just feel so cringy and awkward and we don't want to talk about it, but you need to and you can and you can do it in a way that won't hurt one bit. We promise. But we thank you for spending your time with us yet again. And until next time, thanks for joining us on That Solo Life. Mm-hmm.